someone's listening right now, say they're in a nine to five job, not overly enthused by it, and they're wanting to start a business, from your experience, what would be the steps that they need to take in order to leave their nine to five and start a business? Then I would argue, you know, even while you're in your nine to five job, when you're creating this sort of high level plan, think about the possibilities. Like you don't just want to think within the next 12 months. You want to think quite a bit bigger because obviously what's the end goal for this business? The biggest barriers that you've had to overcome or what were some of the moments where you were even questioning like, is this business thing even even for me? Oh, like sometimes I think that like on a daily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this morning, no. right? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, earlier this year I had a couple of those moments, but um, that, that first year, it's, it's, it's testing. What I'm keen to sort of hear more from you on is the mental health aspect of it. And I don't just mean mental health in terms of, yep, I bet it's stressful, all that kind of stuff. It's also, in business, I could imagine that you have to set yourself clear goals and then therefore see yourself working towards those goals. And as a result, you're going to experience positive emotion. Welcome along to episode 26. I'm Cam. I'm the host of the Lifting Your Life podcast. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I'm a personal trainer and I also work in IT. Today, I'm joined by Tim Fox. And this episode is a little bit different to the previous episodes in the sense that it's more life focused. If you follow the Lifting Your Life podcast um, Instagram page, you may have seen that I posted a story saying that I'm keen to explore the life pillar of lifting in life. So this episode is kicking off that exploration, so to speak. Tim, he is the founder and CEO of Black Fox Electrical. He is also the co-founder and CEO of the Fitness Portal which is a gym in New Zealand, which has almost got three locations. Little teaser uh, there. So with Tim's business experience, I wanted to bring him on to learn more about what he's been through, all the barriers, the learnings, you know, all that good stuff. So you'll find this episode especially valuable if you are wanting to start your own business, if you're wanting to learn more about building genuine connections with people and then also if you're wanting to learn more about effectively managing your time. Now any support you can show for the podcast goes a long way and it also helps me to be able to get these awesome people on the show. So if you can like, comment, follow, subscribe, you know any of that good stuff I really appreciate it, and like I said, it goes a long way. Thank you for tuning in to the episode, and remember, you make you. Thank you, though. Yeah. I, I haven't perfected them yet, but um, <laughs> yeah. Has anyone yeah. ever perfected it? No, That's I don't. Always, always able to I don't even know what perfection is, to be honest. But um, <laughs> here we are, Mr. Tim Fox. Thank you so much for uh, coming along today. I think I was think I was reflecting, and I think you're actually the first repeat uh, guest to come on. Oh shit! No, no, no. pretty good shoes to fill. 
yeah yeah when we were organizing it i was reflecting i was like yeah i think you're actually the first person to come on again and what's quite cool is that i was listening to our first episode and at the end of that episode we actually talked about doing another one so here we are, <laughs> here we are. but it's like, um, it's like what a year and a half or so ago at least i think so yeah yeah, yeah Would have been. I think, I think that, um, yeah i think we recorded that in my place in in the hut so yeah yeah, really cool, well, yeah. but um yeah i kind of like went through and listened to that i didn't listen to the whole thing i kind of skipped through it but man we covered a lot in that episode we like started off with your journey with your racing and then like journey into the training bodybuilding your electrical stuff the gym ownership so where i met with the yeah, podcast yeah, was, yeah real big <laughs> it was a lot man and where I met with a podcast and why I kind of reached out to you is that it's obviously lifting life and a lot of it is obviously focused on fitness. Um, but where I'm wanting to sort of expand or explore more into is that life pillar. And that's why I really wanted to talk to you again and really hone in on there more of the business stuff that you've done and sort of explore yeah. that um, component of your life. Obviously bodybuilding has been a big part of it the past sort of like five plus years, but the, the business stuff, man, you've got so much experience and you're so young still, but you've got so much experience well, in that space. Young <laughs> Where do we stop saying that we're young? Is it 30? Uh, there, there's always someone older than you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unless you're holding a world record for it. Yeah, I suppose, suppose that's true. Yeah, but yeah, like comparative to like your age, man, you've done a lot when it comes to business. So that's why I thought it'd be cool to sit down and chat with you today. And where I wanted to, is it a car horn? It's a truck horn. It's not for me, so we're all good. We're all good. Looks like a rubbish truck. I don't know what's going on there, but anyway. That's right. Um, and where I wanted to start off with today is that just getting a, an understanding of what sort of compelled you to get into business in the first place. We touched on that in our first episode, but like I'm really keen to explore that a bit more and understand like what was the space you were in when you decided like, okay, I'm going to give this business ownership thing a go. You know, what compelled you to move into that space? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, well, hey, like, I think from the self-employment view, I have always wanted to do that. Um, I grew up, obviously, my, my dad's self-employed as well, so that, that was a pretty big catalyst in it. Um, he, you know, he restores basic cars as his day job, but uh, he's been a bit, a little bit of an entrepreneur as well. Um, he's now started saying not to the level that I'm at, which I suppose is possibly true, but... He did a lot as well back in the day, um, you know, property and, and a few business interests. He's actually invested in a movie more recently and that kind of thing as well. So, you know, I grew up in that in that sort of mindset, that that view of that. I don't know why the hell I wanted to get into it because I saw him working seven days a week, you know, five <laughs> days. So maybe I'm just a bit crazy. But um, no, there was, there was certain aspects to it that obviously led me to where I am now. Um, you know, we, we are who we hang around with, and when we're when we're growing up, that generally is our parents a majority of the time. Um, and so that was that was a pretty big catalyst into it. So I always had that feeling that at some point in my life I would would be self-employed. I didn't know doing what um, at that stage, but that was the catalyst. 
And so obviously I did my trade, did my electrical trade. Um, got to the end of that. And as you know, by that point in my life, fitness was, was a pretty major for me. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'd done one show. I think I'd done one show by then, maybe two. Um, but pretty piss poor efforts to be perfectly honest. Like nothing like <laughs> still the say you did them. <laughs> <laughs> but um still in board shorts at that time as well. So yeah, we don't need to go there. Um but yeah, it got to the end of that and then I'd always sort of had in the back of my mind that it would have been cool to open a gym, right? Um and what do you need to do before you open a gym? Well I thought that you needed to be a PT. So <laughs> when the space came available um at one of the local gyms that Devin Glover, my, my business partner now, was head coach at. Basically, he came to me and said that, do you want to be a PT? They do in-house um, certificates. Um, you know, you can go do that. And so when they came about, I think it was like November 2018. No, sorry, November 2017 um, that we started sort of looking into that, possibly a bit earlier. And I know, I knew then, like, if I was going to pursue that, I was a site foreman by that point. So I, I knew that if I was going to pursue that, I couldn't stay doing my job that was requiring basically six days a week of me at the time. Um, and then also PT on the side. So basically the way that it all came about, that December, um, you know, everything had been set in stone. So handed my resignation to, to the company that I was working for at the time. Um, thanked them and everything because I've been with them for four plus years like I'd stayed with them for my whole apprenticeship and you know as a tradesman for that at the time running sites that kind of thing and I actually really enjoyed working there but I was also like you know this isn't it for me this isn't this isn't what I want longer term and so yeah that's that's how I started self-employment basically was more of a more of a need than anything at that time and it just fit you know, like I was like, this is, this is it. Like this is this is how I make that next step um, for me. So, yeah, um, basically did my PT course um, and started being a PT in that January. I think I think I did the PT course. We won't say how quickly I did the PT course because you're not <laughs> supposed worry. to be able to do Don't it that. that. Um, we'll just push that to the side. But yeah, basically did that, and at the same time I started. Black Fox Electrical. And the idea was that by doing that, I could do them simultaneously. So I could do Black Fox two or three days a week. I could PT two or three days a week, you know, fit them in around each other. And by doing that, I'm not putting all of my eggs in one basket in a financial aspect either. Like I've got, you know, incomes from multiple streams straight away, which puts a bit less stress on, on either business. Um, and to be fair, that first year, I think I made the most disposable income that I've ever made since. Because oh, wow. the only person that I had to look after was me. Yeah. And at the time, I think I was just renting. Uh, Devin and I were living together actually at the time in, in Mungaraki. And I think it was like, you know, 180 bucks a week or something, like like nothing. And, <laughs> so and I was, you know, I had it, had it real good. I was like, shit, is this what self-employment is like? That's just easy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the life. <laughs> yeah, and so I was, I was making pretty pretty good coin a couple of months in because obviously had had a few electrical jobs on the go and I was picking and choosing what I did. Like, I had it pretty sweet. And yeah, I was PTing still and doing what I enjoyed. Man, there's quite a few uh, 
elements in there that I'm keen to unpack that I, yeah. I was hoping that we would get into and we, we were here already. So the first one, one thing that I've been learning more about lately is simply just the idea of focus in terms of how you choose to allocate your time and the idea that if you decide to allocate your time across too many different things, that those things are getting less of your capacity and in theory are going to be less successful. So say if you've got your personal training, your electrician business, and you've got your own bodybuilding career, you know, all these different things, the idea is that they're getting 30% of your attention instead of just saying, I'm going all in on the training stuff. But ironically, it sounds like it actually worked out well for you. So what's your view on that idea of focusing your attention on one thing versus spreading your attention across many things i actually really like that you brought that up that's um that's very good so quite early on <clears throat> actually this came about more with the gym but when i started that i um, sat down with a business coach and um to be fair I'm, I'm quite lucky in the sense that because dad restores classic like high-end cars he's got a few key contacts there and one of his key contacts who's also a family friend now um is a, is a gentleman called Michael Ahi. And Michael, his job is literally to, to work with high-level CEOs and basically upskill them in a sense of how, of how they can perform better. Or, like, it, it's real broad level. So it could be, you know, oh, you know, where are you going to put your focus this year? Or where are you going to put this fo your focus in this these next five years? Like, what do you ultimately want out of this business? Like what businesses are you going to invest in, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so at that time, Dad's like, hey, go go have a coffee with Michael um, and kind of pick his brain. And and Michael, he's a lovely guy, he actually like, let me, like, gave it to me for free, this information, which I'm oh, pretty privileged about. Nice. Yeah. Uh, but basically we sat down and he said just that. He said, hey, look, you know, what you need to do. <clears throat> we did a real, the classic napkin plan. You know, napkin planners, like, yeah. you know, grab the napkin at the coffee shop right, right on it. I think, I think, was it Steve Jobs or someone like that basically designs, you know, if it was him, it was Apple, but, but off, off a napkin plan. But anyway, we sat there and he's like, okay, so you've got these things. So at that point, I had, um, we just established Fitness Portal. So we had Fitness Portal, um, Black Box Electrical. We had my PT side. Um, and I think I just started um, come on board with Pace Power Sports, which is like another, another business. And he's like, okay, so out of these, there was five. Out of these five businesses, like how are you going to allocate your focus? And, you know, at the end of the day, you've got 100% of energy. So in each week, you've got 100% energy. You could do it, depending on what the business is, I wouldn't go less than a week. I wouldn't go in a day, you're going to split up your 100%, but week or month or year, depending on what's, what's applicable. But basically, out of that 100%, you're going to allocate those percentages into each business. And then the trick is, so you, you do this. I've actually run through just this with our staff at Fitness Portal. But basically, out of those percentages, so like I think for me, I put Fitness Portal at like, 35%, Black Fox at 35%, and the other ones were like five or tens. <clears throat> and so then the trick is, you have to stick to those percentages. And that's, I think, where people go wrong, right? Like, yes, you can't put all your focus into one thing, um, 
uh, sorry, if if you're focusing all on one thing, then you should be able to do it better. But there's nothing that basically says you can't do something just as well by sort of splitting up your time if you do it effectively. And I think the key word there is effectively. I think a lot of people miss the boat a little bit when it comes to like spreading themselves too thin, but not actually having a plan around how, like a plan for success, a plan for like, okay, cool, I've got these three things on the go. I'm going to put, you know, whatever, like I'm going to put 50% here, 20% there, whatever, 30% there, but they don't actually follow through with that. They don't actually hold themselves accountable. So you have to allocate your energy resources, but then you also have to be like, okay, how many hours can I actually work a week? You know, like most people are like, oh, full-time jobs, 40 hours. Yeah, cool, full-time jobs, 40 hours. But like in reality, how much can you work a week? And like, I mean, I know people that work 100 hours a week. I'm, not, I'm definitely not recommending that. Because you done that and you burn yourself out pretty, pretty fucking quickly. But, you know, you can work a lot more than 40 hours a week because work doesn't have to be sitting down at the desk or, or on the tools, right? Like working can be, social media like it, it can be whatever you know that's relevant to that business um and so when you put it like that i mean how many hours a day do people spend on socials these days i mean i know so many people that scroll tiktok like yeah like endless. endless um so why not put it towards towards something relevant to you um and so when you break it down like that so if you've got you know your 30 percent, 30 percent, whatever and you're like okay i can work 60 hours <clears throat> you know, each week. That's how much I want to work. I'm not going to work any more than that, but I'm going to work any less. So every week I'm going to work 60 hours. So that means then that you have to stick to that percentage of that 60 hours working on that business. And when you do that, what happens is, you know, you become a lot more effective and efficient during that time. It's like, uh, I think it was Japan, right? Just trialed, or a business in Japan just trialed a four-day working week and their productivity jumped up 40%. Yeah. There's been a few studies that that have the exact same results. I think there was actually one done in the UK um, with a, the the same results. Productivity was up. My my question um, in relation to that, you you're saying how um, you divide it into percentages and then you just have to stick to it. What happens if like obviously there's the theory like okay theoretically I want to put in 35% of my time to the fitness portal and then that's just in theory what happens if when you create those allocations in theory and then you put them into practice and you realize that like oh shit this is not enough time or like oh I've got way too much time and then there's the idea that you have to stick to it would you it's probably an obvious answer but would you then sort of redistribute the allocation of time depending on how it actually works in practice yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, it depends, right? Like, <clears throat> like for me, I know which businesses I want to grow or flourish more than others necessarily. So that's how I'd approach it. So, like for instance, well, let's just let's just use me as an example. I suppose if <clears throat> if I found that with fitness portal that at that time that was too much time because for a while it was because we just had Fatoni and. What I would do then is in that spare time, use that spare time and basically sit down, go grab a coffee, whatever, to think of ways as, or think of different things, right? Like, where do I want the business in the next couple of years? Like, how am I going to achieve that? Basically just start doing high level theoretical plans. 
um, that's how I use that time. Obviously, I wouldn't spend my time doing that if that wasn't my key business. Um, so, you know, if, if that had been my PT business and that was my spare time, I would have used a little bit of the spare time towards marketing or reaching out to potential clients, like whatever it More may be. On, on the tools sort of stuff instead well, of on the proactive. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but then I would have reviewed that sort of the next week or the week after if I'd found that uh, that, that was a repeat pattern. Because obviously <clears throat> you're going to have weeks where one business requires you more than the other. So like the, the, that percentage is, yes, you're trying to stick to it as best as you can, but naturally things are going to change by a couple of hours each week here and there, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a law of averages, I suppose, where you trial it and you keep trialing it. Um, and then obviously you need to adjust it every now and then. But the, the key is to not keep adjusting it week on week on week. Like you want to trial it for a period of time, give it everything and be like, okay, business A actually requires more of my attention than business C. So let's take out some of the percentage from business C and reallocate it to business A. Ironically, not that this is a bodybuilding episode, but it reminds me of dieting. You don't know how a diet is going to affect your body if you do it for a week. You got to do it for four weeks first and actually see, like, then measure the results, not just just because it didn't have a positive or, or either way, it had a positive or a negative effect after one week. That's not a big enough uh, trial period to see how it's actually influencing your body or how the system you've implemented is actually you know, it's effectiveness, whether or not it's actually being effective. No, man, just do it for two weeks, jump on stage, you'll be right. <laughs> just 20 hours of cardio, you'll be sweet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another element of that, staying on the same sort of vein, is that you mentioned that you started both businesses at the same time, which is, I don't know if I'd say it's unheard of, but it's not a very common thing to do. How did you manage that in terms of the, you know, because there's a lot of context switching, I could imagine, between the gym and the electrical stuff. So how did you manage spinning both of those plates at, at the same time, which is quite a new thing for you to do? Like, how did you cope with that? Okay, so should I should make it a little bit more clear. So I started PTing when I started the electrical, but I started the, the gym was a year later. Um, so I started the PT business and Black Fox, but again, it was kind of just like they kind of fit in together, right? Like I was able, I don't really know how, know how to put it, but I was able to, to just sort of start both at the same time. And like in, in essence, it made things slightly easier when it came to just your real general stuff, like setting up bank accounts. I just made yeah. one visit to the bank and set up both separate bank sure. accounts, you know? Yeah. That kind of thing. When I was sitting out the companies on the company's office, I was able to just sit there, sit up both at the same time. Um, I mean, the hardest bits were coming out with like the names and the logos. <laughs> what colours are you going to use? Yeah, yeah. Well, I use black for the both. So there you go. Simple. Because <laughs> at, at that time it was um, like Fox Fitness, which was yeah. my PT, my PT brand, and. Uh, and Black Fox Electrical, and, and to be fair, I think I used the same logo for both anyway. Like, <laughs> for my PT, for my PT, I didn't really care too much. Like, like you know what it's like. It's it's more about the person to person experience rather yeah. than like the brand. At that time, I didn't. I, for Black Fox, I wanted to create the brand, whereas for the PT, I was like, yeah, I'm one on one with these people. I don't need to create as much of a brand. 
obviously that's changed now with the gym because the gym is even more in need of like brand awareness getting brand out there hence the big like, yeah. logo I mean, there it is. yeah why not <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um maybe diving more into the um psychological aspects of of business i'd be keen to pick your brain a little bit so again like i've been listening to a few podcasts lately like diary of the ceo and stuff like that a lot of business focused uh podcasts so what i'm keen to sort of hear more from you on is the mental health aspect of it and i don't just mean mental health in terms of yep i bet it's stressful all that kind of stuff it's also in business i could imagine that you have to set yourself clear goals and then therefore see yourself working towards those goals and as a result you're going to experience positive emotion so when i mean mental health in terms of your journey owning a business i'm keen to explore both of those things the yep the more negative stuff but then also look at the bright side too and how it brings you positive emotion so maybe we'll start off with the I don't want to say negative, but the, the, the yeah, the, the yeah, sad shit. Yeah, so let's let's end on a high note. Yeah, no, it's pretty stressful, way. Right? <laughs> Sweet. Anyway, what's the positive? Yeah, so moving on. <laughs> no, hey, look, like uh, there's honestly there's so much that we could unpack just on this topic. Um, but yes, okay. So it can't like the first two years are always going to be the hardest, obviously. Um, and it is a hell of an adjustment. Like, I don't think I, I think I'm yet to meet, meet someone, right, that has started a business or gone into business, whatever it may be. That's kind of a bit irrelevant, but I'm yet to meet someone that has come out of it and said, like, yep, it's exactly what I was expecting. Like, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's unheard of to, to kind of hear someone say that. Like, I, it's definitely not what I was expecting, like, both in a positive aspect and in a negative one. Like, there's, there's much roller coasters every every year it relates to the um change process right is it the you start off with uninformed optimism <laughs> and that's yeah. like where everyone starts off and then they dive down into the hole which like yeah it's it's be like, i'm gonna make heaps of money you know yeah. gonna have the best employees i'm gonna be like, my own boss. Gonna go, yeah i'm gonna be on holiday all the time playing <laughs> golf three days a week and then you're like oh shit how do i get there yeah yeah <laughs> um you know hey hey look it's it's tough and, and the big thing i think you said it yourself like having clear goals um i think when i again when i started i think i set myself at that time, I set myself one, two, three year goals because it was quite fresh businesses. Now it's more like five and 10 year goals. Um, I did have five and 10 year goals. I started my, I, I think I wrote my first 10 year goal when we started the gym. So I think, you know, that's, that's a big aspect to hitting, like getting your positive side. The negatives come if you're obviously not achieving those goals yeah. in that, in that time frame. Um, and it's tough, like starting a business is tough. It requires a lot of like mental resilience. I think, and, um, and probably a lot of the, um, everyone's, everyone's I, I, I was just wondering if we could make it a little bit more tangible. If you could think off the top yeah. of your head, what were some of the biggest barriers that you've had to overcome? Or what were some of the moments where you were even questioning like, is this business thing even, even for me? Oh, like sometimes I think that like on a daily. <laughs> uh, so this morning, no. right? No. Yeah, yeah. 
no, earlier this year I had a couple of those moments. But um, yeah, that that first year it's 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 testing. Like you're dealing with stuff that you've never had to deal with before. It's not taught anywhere. Like unless unless you're a chartered accountant, you know you're not going to know about most of the financial stuff. But even if you know about most of the financial stuff, you're still learning about the business side to it. Like it's it's very rare to find people that go into a business that the that they may have been involved in for a lot, like you if you have followed a CEO or you know a managing director or someone like that and then stepped and taken over their role you might have a good idea but again that's not really starting a new business that's taking over an existing one it's just a promotion really it's a, it's a big promotion but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'd be a nice one I'm sure they'd yeah. have a big pay packet but yeah, um, yeah like those first two years are bloody stressful, and I think it's something like ninety percent of businesses fail in the first two years, mm-hmm. um, and and sadly that's just a fact. And I think that I'm hoping that stat will actually change post COVID. Um, I think COVID has made a lot of people more aware when it comes to what is required, just in just in general, like even even Gen Pop. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of specific examples from the first couple of years, but yeah, I mean, I let's just say, like, I was with my partner at the time, and you know, I was quite lucky, like, had had her full support um, and everything. Again, she came from a self-employed family, and her brother um, had actually started a plumbing firm around the same time that I started the electrical, so we were able to kind of bounce off each other a fair bit as well. Um, and I had a couple of friends trades that had also just started out on their own so you know you, you have to be able, you have to have that plan like if you don't have that plan and you go into it you're going to find yourself really stressed really really fast um, yeah but for sure it puts stress on every other aspect of your life as well right like like relationships you know and like if you're I, I mean I was quite lucky that I came from a family who understood um, self-employment and what's required but I can imagine, like, if you if you don't, and then they see you working seven days a week or whatever, they're going to question it, right? Like, it's yeah. it'd be natural if your kids doing working on Sunday, being like, "Well, mm-hmm. how are you working on Sunday?" You know, yeah. like you need to time, and it's like you can't. Like, sorry, but you need to hustle in that first couple of years to to make it work. Um, I think from the PT side, what I've seen a lot of is. Um, and I keep drilling into people, they, they tend to withdraw out way too many funds and not leave enough aside for tax. That's the classic. Yeah. And that's and that's honestly why a lot of businesses fail at that two-year mark is, is the tax man comes and asks for, for some money. Yeah. You know, you're kind of touching on that about, like, you know, if you're not a chartered accountant, then it's difficult. Was that one of the key barriers or learnings that you had to overcome was that finance side? Because I know that, like my experience as a trainer, that was one thing that scared me a lot. And that was only a PT, not owning a whole business or a whole gym. And I feel like that's a point of entry um, barrier for people. They think that like the tax stuff, the income tax, like what if the tax man chases me? You know, I don't know how it all works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The debt collector comes over $400 income tax, you know. So Uh, was that one of the key barriers you had to overcome and learn more about the start it's definitely it's definitely a key barrier um for me personally again i think i'd done a fair bit of research before i jumped into it um, and i'd sat down with with relevant people i can't reiterate enough like how if you have access 
to people that are either self-employed themselves, it doesn't matter how big the business is, if they're self-employed themselves or they've done it before, even if they've failed, even if they've gone bankrupt. I know so many successful people that have been bankrupt two or three times, right? Like, pick their brains before you start. That's that's probably the, the biggest learning that you could take away from this. But yeah, the finance side is is tough. Um, to be to be completely honest, it comes to me relatively easily compared to others. Um, yeah, but it is probably one of the biggest barriers. And then the next one is learning how to market yourself and that kind of thing. And like, what tends to happen is you get people that are like one or the other. It's hard to find someone that's really, really good at marketing. Like, it's, it's hard to find people that can wear all the different hats, you know? Like, when you start a business, you've got to wear, I think it's something like seven hats. You've got to be the director, you're your own salesman, you're your own admin person, you're, you're on the tools. Like, you're doing everything in the company. And the idea in that company, for, for most people, is to kind of remove one hat at a time. Move down the line until you're literally just the CEO managing director. Yeah. And then you've got basically high level over that. Um, <clears throat> so if you go into something without a clear plan of attack and like how you're going to achieve that, then in essence you kind of you're setting yourself up for a hard time. Maybe not complete failure, but you're going to learn in the first couple of months like why people have plans. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like obviously it puts a lot of stress on everything. So you know, be prepared for for long days and stuff. It's hugely rewarding at the other end, but yeah, like it definitely puts strain on like my relationship, it puts strain on my training, puts strain on everything. Mm. And what about we've touched on it a few times, you've kind of sprinkled it that sprinkled it in there, but the the positive aspects of business ownership, obviously you've been doing it for a number of years now, so you must like it to a certain degree to still be hanging around yeah. unless <laughs> you don't like it, but you're still here. So what have um, been the positive elements that business ownership has brought to your life? We kind of talked about setting and achieving goals. So what, what aspects of it have yeah been a benefit to you in your life? Yeah. I mean, it is incredibly rewarding, right? Like, uh, especially when you're, when you're hitting your goals or whatever, and like seeing, seeing those sort of, sort of grow. Um, there's there's so many. There are a lot of positives to it when it's done when it's done right. There are a lot. Like just being able to help people for starters is actually pretty cool. Um, and I don't mean that in a cheesy way. Like it doesn't. Sure, we've got our members at the gym or whatever that we're helping, but then also employees like that kind of thing. It becomes they they are a massive part of your life. Um, and and seeing them sort of grow in a way, like especially from the trade aspect, you see, you know, they come in and like. 18, 19, pretty fresh faced, pimp looking shirt. And then you see them like, you know, come in, not not know what like a screwdriver is or whatever. And then they kind of grow through with you through through those years. Um, and then they come out the other side and a lot of them by then are keen to go do their own thing or like, you know, they become people. And that's, that's pretty cool to see. Um, but then, yeah, like from the business point of view, I mean, I'm highly driven. Compared, compared to most in the sense of like business growth, that's what interests me. That's what's always, always has interested me. Um, so personally for me, it's always about the, the next thing. Like what can I do next to grow? Like, you know, I'm sitting here in Auckland and I remember when, when I started Fitness Portal with Devon, I was like, all right, well, we're going to expand. Like we're going to open a few, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah like, cool, like, whatever. I was like, no, like, 
we're making something of this. You know, mm-hmm. we're not just going to be a, a corner gym for a few years. Like, we're, we're making something of this. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and I was like, cool. So, you know, we sat down, we made a plan for X amount of gyms and X amount of time frame. And I'm sitting here now and I'm like, I kind of can't believe it. But then I was thinking earlier, I think it was, you know, when we finally signed the lease for here. I sat down and I actually kind of thought, I was like, right, where, where do I say that I wanted to be in the next five years? And I was like, shit, I'm actually semi on track to hit that. And like that for me, I was like, at the time of writing, I was like, oh, this will be a high level goal, but like, I don't know if I'll achieve it. I think it was, I think originally it was three gyms in like three or four years. And then it was like five gyms within five. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, third gym in four years with COVID in the middle. So we're getting, we're getting there, we're getting there. And that for me, that was a moment of like, oh shit. Okay. We've actually done something, you know, yeah. like we're, we're, we're making our way. And and that shows you the power of goal setting, right? Like so often we can be almost too scared to set goals. Like I've had this in my own life, too scared to set goals because you know that it eliminates other stuff. If I set this goal, then I know that I can't do this other stuff. But then ironically, you end up doing just a little bit of a lot of stuff. So it sounds to me like what you're saying there is like you you set clear goals and you set clear intentions and then you're able to bring them to fruition. What do you think it is about you that you're able to bring those things to fruition other than just saying you're driven or something, you know, just like is there anything? Shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Anything? A, a, dr- a dream right. board. Um, yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? Something like that. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think like the goal setting is obviously, obviously only one part of it. Um, you have to set the goals, but then it's also like, okay, you've set the goal, cool. Now you can't just sit on your thumbs. So you've got to be like, okay, well, how are we going to get there? Like, that's the biggest question, right? How are we going to get to that? Um, and that's that's what every company asks all the time. Like, cool, we want to be in 100 countries. Okay, well, how? And so, I mean, with the, with the gym, I knew it's about having, like, key personnel and a clear, clear um, like, message in terms of what we what we want out of a business like what we want out of a facility right and so our big thing is for like now going forward because obviously i mean you've been to Petonia, it's very very different to tawa for instance so tawa is more what we always always envisaged like that that's kind of more along the lines of what we want and so the whole point of the fitness portal is that we want to bring international grade facilities to new zealand right like not banging on every other gym, but come on, like you go overseas and the facilities are impressive. Like you go overseas and you you don't, you're not dragging yourself to the gym. You go to the gym because it's nice to be there. Like they have the cafes on the entry and exit. Yeah. You know, and Tawa, we, we would drive 30 minutes on the weekend to come over and train there, even though we had a membership that was five minutes up the road, you know? Yeah. So it's testament to the, to the gym that you built was quality, man. Yeah, well, I mean, based on that, you know, with Auckland, you'll be prepared to grab a 30-hour flight back just to come oh, train. Absolutely, <laughs> man. As long as I get free entry, then it'll, it'll be worth <laughs> <Free entry. laughs> Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't worry about the airfares. Just, just some free entry would be good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, bro, that'd be good. Thanks. <laughs> um, but, like, bringing it back to the to the core there, right? Like, you need to have the key personnel in the key areas in effort to be able to assist you to grow. So when we started Tower, you know, we brought on 
because that's really where the growth happened. Like, let's be honest. Like, but Tony was kind of me and Devin just just pissing around a little bit, like <laughs> giving it a go. Had the massage therapist there, like, like had the had the had the idea, but not really executed how we wanted yet. Um, Tower, great. Like, we're getting there now. You know, we've got little things like the the vinyl floor, the wooden floor that like is a bit warmer when you walk in rather than carpet tile. I mean, not. Not saying which gym just has carpet tiles everywhere, but I think we all know. Um, and it's pretty miserable when you go there, especially at 3.30 when all the high school was there. Um, but, you know, you walk in, you've got the wooden vinyl there. You've got, um, I don't know, page-made protein portal, for instance, you know. Awesome idea. Like, we have that available. We've got coffees there. We've got a place to sit and free Wi-Fi to work on your, on your stuff while you're there. Like, we have all that. And you go in, and it's a nice big open facility. And we've got, you know, what I'd say is arguably very, very good equipment, um, a massive range of equipment. And that's, that's bringing that more, like, sort of international feel to, the, to those facilities. Um, and that's really, really what we want to do. So when we started Tawa, we had that vision. We executed it a bit. We brought on a couple of key people, namely, like, Paige and Taylor. So mm-hmm. Taylor is who, I'm start, who I've started Auckland up with. And then Paige, obviously, now is like our COO, um, more or less. So she's high level kind of driving the growth overall in the business alongside me. Um, and uh, yeah, and obviously she's in charge of daily operations as well with the club managers. So basically we've, we've created a new sort of, I suppose, hierarchy for, for lack of a better term, where like we have, you know, the reception staff, the PTs, everything like that. And then we've got the club manager at each club and then they basically talk to Paige or talk to me or Devin or whoever and yeah, work off of each other to basically steer the ship in the right direction. And so that's that's how you can create that that sort of growth plan from that. Like without say without Paige, that then would fall all onto myself, Devin and Taylor. And then all of a sudden everyone's spread too thin and you're not achieving those KPIs or yeah. the goals that you want to hit. And then you can't be living in the future. You have to be living in the now. You're, because... you're putting you're putting out fires as they appear as opposed to being proactive. You know, you're yeah. being reactive, not proactive. Yeah. I, I'm getting the sense that you actually said the word direction. Is that a large part of the um, positive emotion that you'd be experiencing from this journey is that you have a clear sense of direction. I feel like there's so many people, and I'm sure we've all been there, that feel like we have a lack of direction and we're kind of just like turning up to our jobs and then we're going home and then we, you know, just on repeat doing the same thing and have, you know, a lack of direction and therefore that also induces anxiety as well because, you know, you're not too sure what your goals are, what your target is. So has that yeah. been kind of an overarching theme for you is that you've always felt quite sure on the direction that you're heading and where you're wanting, where you're wanting to go? Yep, yep. Um, I've always been clear to myself with where I wanted to end up, um, just in life in general. And so I suppose that's kind of where it started for me. And I'm like, okay, well, how can I achieve this? Um, well, as we know, like, because we talked about it earlier, like, the gyms for me is, like, they're definitely a passion thing. Like, I, I love them. And that makes it easier for me to work on them, like, probably too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... In essence, yeah, like direction is, is incredibly important. And it's, it's funny, like how you, how you said that about, about people just kind of going through the processes. 
because uh, it's so easy to do. It's so easy to do without yeah. even realizing it. It's comfortable, like, man. It is comfortable, but you know, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But it also going through the routine, although it's comfortable, it's not rewarding, you know, and it can leave you wondering, you know, what else is out there for mm. me? What's the meaning Other, of life? Yeah, what is so life? there is to yeah. life. Yeah. But then, and, also, and you're absolutely right. Like, yeah. in my opinion, anyway, like, there are a lot of people that are happy being comfortable, happy doing that. Um, I'm not one of them, but there are people, a lot of people that are out there that are that are happy doing that. And there's, there's, I won't go as far as saying there's anything wrong with that because there's not. It's human nature. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously, like, if you've got really high goals and like yes they're hard to achieve and everything like that and they're going to require like grit and determination to get to achieve them to get there but when you do achieve them obviously that's going to you know give you pretty pretty good endorphin release like you're going to be feeling really really good right um but yeah yeah that i i know exactly what you mean as well about the anxiety of just of not having that direction, because yeah. I mean, we like you, like you say, like we we have all been there at some point. But I, I would sort of challenge everyone to have a direction. It doesn't have to be business though. Like you can have a direction any aspect of life, right? It could be competing, it could be your sport, whatever. Like if you've got that, then and a bigger goal in that, then you can go out there and try to achieve that. And that's like. In my opinion, isn't that kind of what life is about? Like, are yeah, you not man. there to, to live? Like, go do something. It doesn't have to be business related, but for you know, for me, for instance, it, it pretty much is. Um, yeah, like you, you need to have those those bigger goals in whatever the field is, and then a clear way of how to achieve them. And that's going to be you know, that's kind of your thing for that period of time. Yeah, and then maybe once you achieve that, you might be like, okay, cool. Well, Next, I want to do this, and it could yeah. be completely polar opposite. But again, you've got that goal, and uh, you start about trying to achieve it. Yeah, I like that, man. Now, to to make it more um, tangible for people who are listening, and kind of pulling it back to the start of your business journey, if if someone's listening right now, say they're in a nine to five job, not overly enthused by it, maybe even uh, very dislike it they hate it <laughs> um, watching <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and they're wanting to start a business from your experience what would be the th- steps that they need to take in order to leave their nine to five and start a business you know what are some considerations and steps that they need to take yeah this this could be quite a quite a big question but we'll we'll keep it relevant to, to people that are listening but the first thing is what is the business like you know if you're talking about something like personal training that's actually quite easy to do as, as a side gig until it gets to the point where it, you can basically leave your job and there's minimal risk there as soon as you start having overheads so like employees rent I don't know XYZ products or something like that products whatever it is yeah. obviously that's when it becomes a lot more stressful and you need to make a lot more money a lot faster when you just have to look after yourself like that that was part of the big reason why to be fair why it's worked so well for, for me I think when it started it was, it was just me I literally had my you had my tools that was it for the electrical and then I just had myself to worry about 
uh, for the PT. So like if I didn't make any money one week, that's cool. You know, I just lived off my savings for a week. Um, that's actually, that's probably been my biggest learning as I've grown is like, yeah, the numbers coming in are bigger, but so are the numbers going out. And when the numbers going out are bigger and then you have a couple of bad months and there's less money coming in, it's, you know, it's not 500 bucks or a thousand bucks that you need to come up with to make, to pay five, six people, you know, you're, you're talking about 30, 40 grand at a time. Yeah. And that's when it's like, oh shit, okay, I've got people's <laughs> lives in my hands, you know, like you don't really want to go, go mucking around with that. Um, so depending on what you're comfortable with, and that this, this will come down, I think, a lot to the individual, obviously, and a lot to where they're at in life and also what they're wanting to start a business in because there's endless possibilities. I mean, if you've got like a, a product that you've invented, um, I'd say like trademark that shit and go out there and get some big investment because you should use that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and make sure you don't tell everybody. Don't go, <laughs> don't go telling everybody your great idea apart from those that you very much trust and get them to sign an NDA or something. Yeah. I don't know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> the last thing you want is someone stealing your idea. But yeah, like the first step is come up with your idea, come up with a plan, spend a bit of time on the, the plan and the brand. Um, then depending on what it, what it is, if it's something like PT, to be fair, like, in my opinion, there's really minimal risk just going out there, getting your cert, um, and then doing it on a Saturday or a Sunday for like a month. Finding out if you even like it, like I, mm-hmm. I'm going to put it out there. I, I, PT was not what I was expecting. Yeah. You know, like I, I was used to working long hours, like obviously coming from a trades background, but the emotional drain that it had on me, like it was massive. I was yeah, like, man. oh shit. It's, a, like, it's okay, quite an unexpected, yeah, it's an unexpected <laughs> component of, of a service like that. Yeah, like, you know how hairdressers get that rep for always sort of, like, chatting? Like, yep. PT's no shit. Like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're resting two minutes, yeah, if, 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 if you're resting two minutes between a set and you do 20 sets, like, that's a lot of time resting and you're not just going to stand there awkwardly in silence. Like, it's going to be filled with talking. And generally when people are moving and, you know, starting to, like, get, get sort of, like, hormone release and everything like mm. that, um, they tend to be a lot more open positive yep. <laughs> or negative you know like yeah. you hear you hear a lot you hear a lot yeah. Um, yeah. but you know be, be prepared like you, you need to be prepared for whatever you're getting yourself into yeah. but bringing it back like it, it varies so much like business to business um, you know and everything like that so you need to really be sort of clear on your direction for that and then I would argue you know, even while you're in your nine to five job, when you're creating this sort of high level plan, think about the possibilities. Like you don't just want to think within the next 12 months. You want to think quite a bit bigger because obviously what's the end goal for this business? Is it just simply get in, build it up, sell it, get out? Because obviously that's quite a good model if you want to make money, but that might not be what you want to do. Like, you know, do you want to get in, hold on to it for 50 years and then like have it till you die? You know, and that's like your legacy. So there's a lot of key elements there to kind of think about and, and break it down. But if honestly, if all you're doing is, is doing something like PT, where it's only you're only reliant on yourself, there's such minimal risk. Like I, I, I'm one to just say, just dive, dive into the deep end. Just, yeah. you know, get underway, have a plan, 
before you go and quit, don't just tell your boss to do it himself and then be like, oh shit, okay, where am I going to work? Like, I've only only got $50 saved in my account. Have have savings. That's that's a big one. Have savings. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like that. It's like having the idea, create the goal, create the plan, and then understand the risk and then make your move. And I like that idea of having the crossover or sort of a transitional period um if you can sort of dabble in that business and also work your job then it's you get a way more sort of um clearer picture on like you said whether or not you actually want to do it and i suppose you'd also understand whether or not it's lucrative enough for you to leave your job and all that kind of stuff you don't want to leave and then your business makes no money and exactly without you have to make money to live that's that's a subjective life yeah Um, no matter what the business is Mm. i mean actually you just brushed on it but you could ask um ask like 50 people like write down it doesn't have to be 50 right 10 to 50 people um down that could if you're looking for investors for instance that would be like investors so friends family all of that or if you're becoming a pt people that you could potentially train like your friends family and stuff right run the idea past them so like um from an investment point of view if you're creating a business that you think would be worth something Create the idea and then have those people there. And it, in quite early stages, approach the first 10, say, that you really trust. Go to them and say, hey, look, like, I've got this idea. Like, if you wanted to invest, what would you want in return? Because sure, you get equity, you get shares or that. But often people want a bit more, like, especially the, the ones that are close to you. They, they want something, you know, a bit more personalised, a bit more of, of you. So... You know, have those conversations. Don't be afraid to reach out and, and have those because the more people that are on your side, the more successful you're going to be earlier. Um, I mean, like by the time that I hit the gym floor um, PTing, I think I had five clients. Yep. And that was just for me when I started my cert, basically started reaching out to, to people and being like, hey, like I'm now becoming qualified in this. <laughs> like, would you be interested in training with me? I'll give you the first two weeks, four weeks free. Um, but you know, I want to be seen around the gym, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I, I like that idea because that relies on you being vulnerable. You know, you're, you're getting rid of your ego. You're not saying like, you need to invest in my business or like you need to, you know, this much to invest in my business or you're going to get this in return or like you're also stripping your ego enough to approach people. Hey, like, I know I've only just done my qualification, but like, would you be interested in a session? You're not thinking you're the best trainer in the gym and everyone's going to love you and you're going to have a hundred clients on your first day. You're willing to put your ego to the side and approach these people openly. Definitely. Be confident, be confident, but mm. minus the ego. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a tricky balance, but yeah. Yeah. Especially for, for you, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm interested to, uh, to discuss a few more tangible things that you've had a lot of experience in in your time. And one of those things is attaining and retaining clients across all the different businesses, obviously with your electrical stuff, your clients are the people whose houses or whatever you're working on, your PT is your PT clients, your clients in the gym are the, so your members in the gym are technically your clients in that aspect so have there been some similar strategies across the board in terms of attaining and retaining clients maybe start with the just getting or onboarding clients to start off with yeah 
but being a nice person helps. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely start there. Um, yeah, like you kind of brush on it there with the ego thing. I think um, you need to make yourself approachable. And generally, if you're, you know, if you, if you're walking around like you have a massive, massive ego and that kind of thing, and you you think the world of yourself, generally people aren't going to relate to that too well. Um, they'll, they'll pick up on the vibe too, I reckon. Yeah, they'll pick, up, they'll pick up real quick. Um, so onboarding clients. I mean, it's, it's a wee bit different business to business, but yep. if we take PT, for example, I mean, the gym that I worked at when I started had sort of a lead generation sheet, um, which was obviously an, an aid that we used. Um, but then obviously, like I said, I, I sort of reached out to, to friends and family first. And I think that honestly is, again, this is not something they teach in schools, but they really should. But that's really like your key starting point, right? You can't... Um, once you start there, like that word of mouth will, will spread. And that's, those are your, that's the best, uh, what do you call it? That, that's the best review system that you can have yep. is word of mouth. Because there's nothing that beats word of mouth. I mean, Google reviews are good, but word of mouth, when someone's actually going and saying, yeah, this guy's great, like I learned heaps of him. Like people are gonna trust that over anything. So at, when you're first starting out, that's your key there. You need, you need that, because without great word of mouth, you're not really going to grow too much past that unless, unless you're starting really massive scale business, like straight out the bat, but we're not really, not really talking about that today. So <laughs> not too relatable, not, not too relatable for most people. <laughs> like if you're a PT, definitely word of mouth is massive, reach out to those friends and family, start there. Um, once you have that, then you've got testimonials and stuff that you can pull on. Right. So then when you meet with that new client or if you're marketing on IG or TikTok or whatever it might be, um, you've got a few reviews that you can just, just kind of use or like, I mean, what, what I've done in the past, there's so many methods, right? Um, what I've done in the past is like use um, the classic like client transformations, yeah, client before and after pics. Before yeah. and afters, you know, we did this in six weeks. Like imagine what we can do with you in six weeks and yeah. in a year and that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, that, that's kind of the best starting point. For the electrical, it's again, word of mouth. When you start, I reached out largely to like family, friends who need to work. Started trying to get the ins there. And, and people know people. Like, you know, I, st I did work for just at a family friend's house and then they moved and now they're in charge of the body corporate for their apartment building. So there's your in, right? Yeah. And it's like, like our biggest client in the electrical so we largely now do solar and ev charges like mm -hmm. our ev charges are huge that's that's part of the reason that i moved up here to auckland um and our biggest client right he started out as a one-man band when i started out as one man band and that's how we connected i started out by installing a heater for him in his office Bro. you know and now we're like installing <laughs> i think we've installed like we must have installed five thousand plus charges now <laughs> around the country for it. like they're, they're massive massive yeah. um, uh, probably can't go into too much detail but but they're a pretty big company in australasia now like um, there's stuff happening overseas for them and everything mm -hmm. as well so mm -hmm. you know and that all started out by installing a heater yeah like never never be afraid to to be humble and, and go out there and do a job that doesn't even seem worth it because you don't know what it'll turn into yeah man i love this people aspect that you're touching on and 
I can relate to like as soon as I met you I knew you're a really nice dude and we're going to get along well but I I love this you can't know me too well yeah (laughs) not well enough but now I don't like you that was just first impression yeah Yeah. um but like the heavy emphasis on just like you said being nice to people and relating like getting to know them and having building that relationship you don't know where that could go and it's not like you're not obviously saying that you only are nice to people because they might give you something in the future, but no. <laughs> yeah, but building those genuine connections and then it's going to come or it might come to fruition or it might bring you something in the future because you're just a, a nice person to everyone. Yeah. And, and obviously not everything works out and that's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, yeah. Not, not everything is always going to work out how you plan it, and mm-hmm. and that's the risk that you have to be willing to take. But it's, in a way, it's kind of like a rule of rule of numbers. Like the yeah. more you know, the more things you put out there, even if you only get one percent back that work, at least you've got one percent of a thousand instead of one percent of a hundred, right? Yeah, it's, it's something I heard a phrase, something like increasing your surface area of luck. Something yeah. like that, where like the more people you know, the more like luck you might randomly have at one point because you know this person who knows this guy, and like oh, it's just kind of lucky that like we're here at the same same time. But it's about increasing that surface area of luck. Yeah, luck can be created. Yeah. Luck can yeah. be created. I mean, imagine if they taught this shit in schools. Like all of right. a sudden, everyone, you know, like <laughs> being book smart is great, and it, it is required. And especially like for the numbers aspect in, in business specifically, but like what doesn't get taught again is is a lot of the social aspect and how important it is to be able to socialize and be able to come across mm-hmm. to people how you want to be what how you want to portray yourself because yeah. that, that's so important yeah. to be honest. Like just the art you know, of communication, you to, exactly. Like you need to be able to communicate with another human being in life. Like you can't really go through life without being able to do that. And the fact that 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 isn't really sort of brushed on or like yeah or anything like that it's yeah it's kind of mind-boggling really yeah yeah i I get that and what about the um i feel like it's going to be a similar answer but what about the retaining aspect and maybe i'll make it a little bit more tangible so it's obvious that you need those relationships there for people to hang around like that's just a given now but what about in terms of the business models that you set up because i've been a member of certain gyms and even other businesses i'd say but like specifically gyms where they're just always running promotions to get new business you know, like new business new business and i i sometimes feel like as a member of this thing or a you know ongoing customer how am i being valued in this system if it's always right. just about new people so what are ways that or methods that you use to ensure that your current members or clients also feel valued and are keen to hang around so, I mean, like, again, a massive thing about FP, about Fitness Portal, is, is the community, right? And, like, that's actually where I think we benefited by starting in a smaller space because we had to create that community to survive. Like, we've still only got, I think, 170-odd members at Potomac, so it's definitely not massive. Like, it's a small gym. Um, but, yeah, like, you need, to, you need to be able to create that community. It doesn't necessarily have to be promotions and stuff. Um, like, we do a lot just a lot of different things yes. <laughs> like a lot of different things but like to, for instance right we always have a Christmas party for the members only at every gym 
and we're always there. That's the key. You got to be there. You, yeah. you know, like people trust what they can see. If they can't see the business owner, like whatever, or the key personnel, like why why would they stay? They don't. They, you know, they don't have that connection as such. Yep. Um, as soon as they can put a face to the name and everything like that, if they're going to go cancel, they're going to feel a little bit guilty. And yeah, almost, yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I mean. Like, like yeah. you almost want to create that kind of yeah. sense of loyalty um, through that. But like, I'll give you an example of what we're doing. Like, even this month, our promotion right is refer a friend, and both of you get two weeks free. So it's not just benefiting yeah, yeah. the new client; it's benefiting the existing client. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that's one method to, to retention. At the end of the day, retention varies business to business because obviously, from an electrical point of view, if you've wired someone's house. And they don't need any more electrical work done. That's done. <laughs> There's so only yeah. so much wiring you can do for the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, whereas from the PT aspect as well, like, yeah, like if you, at the end of the day, it sounds cheesy, but if you do a good job with them and if you get along, then they're going to keep paying you. They're going to keep yeah. coming back. Um, most of my, like the, when things have come to an end with most of my clients, it's usually been for a pretty valid reason, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, oh, I just don't want to train anymore. Like it's it's been something like, I've achieved my goal, um, I'm taking some time off or whatever. Like I'm just going to cruise and come up with my next goal, or mm. you know, oh, I'm moving cities or whatever, whatever. So, something along those lines. I haven't had too many where it's been like, no, nah, I hate you, you're a bully. Like, you know, <laughs> get me out of here um, yeah. yeah like I suppose once you've attained that client it's almost like you have to give them a reason to want to leave yeah does that and make I, sense yeah I like that you touched on technical ability there too because it's having that combination right and this could apply to so many different businesses or services having the combination of being a people person and having a high technical ability like if you can match those two things up say in again the context of personal training you can be such a successful trainer and i'm sure like i said that'll apply across industries but if you're too much of a people person and you don't really know the technical stuff well i feel like you might onboard someone but there's going to be a point where they easily outgrow you but then vice versa and i'm sure you've seen it across industries if you're too technical but you can't talk to someone it doesn't matter how much you know about the human body or about wiring a house people aren't going to want to do business with you because it's difficult (laughs) to interact yeah yeah that's right um and and to be to be completely honest like that's never come naturally to me like the the talking side has never come supernaturally to me um but it's like anything like it can be learned and if you talk to the right people again like you know you'll be able to pick up on what they do the cues like how to how to go about that um i mean it wasn't that i couldn't talk to people it was more like how to establish those connections like quite quickly um because obviously especially with anything time is money right so like you don't want to be wasting too many sessions trying to get to know someone like you want to kind of dive in there make the session enjoyable make them want to come back and then over time kind of keep growing that connection um but you're brushing it there about like people having different sort of skill sets and when it comes to say higher level business once you start growing that's where being able to pick the right person for a certain role is so important. Like, yeah, this is real applicable to, to like PT and, and just 
one-on-one stuff if you're running your own business by yourself for everything like you need to wear those hats I would argue that you don't have to do any one thing specifically too well to be able to grow that business well it's just yourself but when you start getting to a higher level and start trying to uh, grow whatever the business may be but just grow the overall business and and steer it in a bigger direction where you're not able to be one-on-one with the customer or with the client or the member or whatever you need to be able to put people into those areas into those positions that are that you know have the same vision for you and that's where that's hard that's the hard yeah. um, I, I wanted to talk to you about that actually and that the idea that i came up with is like how do you build a good team and that's what you're already getting touching on there and like People that I've talked to say, like my my uncle, he owned um, quite a big trucking logistics business, and the most stressful part all the time that he said was the people, and building a good team and like just the people were just always quite a stressful component. So, what has that journey been like for you, learning how to recruit people and building a team that's cohesive and you can trust them and rely on them and they work really well? Um, obviously, it's not a linear journey and it's probably not always perfect but yeah, how has yeah, <laughs> that journey been for you and how do you know um, who to hire and how to build a good team by first making mistakes <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, it's, um, it's it's definitely it's difficult like it again I don't think that comes supernaturally to too many people um, you need to learn how, how to read people again pretty quickly because um, obviously you've only got a finite amount of time in your, in your interviews and that kind of thing. Um, a lot of the time, it, the way I look at it, it's not getting too ahead of yourself. Like it's, it's bringing it back to the job at hand. So, you know, like if you're hiring for, I don't know, let's say a club manager, right? Like what are the key qualities that you want in that person to, to have in that role specifically? And then, so when you're interviewing someone, like you might get along with them like a house on fire, right? Like it's great, conversations flowing. But you also have to remember it's not a date. Like, you know, you're not there. <laughs> yeah. So you need to also bring it back relevant to what you're trying to do. So it, it's, it's difficult. It is difficult. And it's, it's, I've had a fair amount of trial and error. What I was going to say is I've been quite lucky in that I've grown the businesses alongside each other, but also relatively slowly. So I've had time, you know, one employee at a time to mm. kind of learn and definitely not perfect because, you know, it, nobody's perfect, but it, it also just takes, it takes repetition. It's like doing an exercise, like you need reps, you need reps yeah. for that, right? Um, and definitely made, made a few poor judgment calls before, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's just part of it. It's part of part of business, part of life. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's. I I would say just keep it relevant to that role that you're trying to fill. If you've got multiple roles that you're filling, and you're interviewing someone like, and they start out for say, I don't know, a club manager, but then you start interviewing them, and they're like, oh yeah, well I've got ten years PT experience. You know, I've got heaps of clients. Um, I know a lot of PTs, and you're like, oh well, actually we've got a head coach role available. And you start yeah. asking questions relevant to that. Yeah. You're like, oh, like, but then they've also had like no management experience, for instance. And they're like, don't, they've never really run a team and they don't really know systems, like in terms of like gym management or whatever. And you're like, oh, well, 
you know, you might go away with like, thanks to the interview, blah, 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 and go and be like, well, you know, I don't think they were perfect for the club manager role, but I'm really liking the sound of them in this role over here, the head coach role. So then you go back yeah. to them with that and be like, hey, look, you know, how about, how about this? Um, yeah, and it, you just, you, yeah, you, you need to be able to break down what people are actually looking for, I think. Because one thing I always look for, I, th- I think, is people that are driven. Like, I don't, yeah. I'm big on everyone sort of having their own goals. And, and especially in this time and age, right? Like, so easy to start up as the business on Instagram or whatever, TikTok. Yeah. Like, what, why do people not want that to happen? Yeah, you know, like, let's, let's, it's just people to get there. Let's not break yeah. them down. Like, I know you think, um, pretty, pretty known for this, but like the classic tall poppies situation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, why the hell are we holding each other back? Like, let's, let's try and assist. Let's, yeah. let's try and grow. Like, everyone can have enough. Like, mm. you know, it's not finite. These massive countries all around the rest of the world do it. So why the hell are we trying to <laughs> Yeah, man, I feel that. And pulling it back to the, um, the interview situation and onboarding, I almost want to um, flip the switch a little bit because you've interviewed so many people. And one aspect you touched on there is that you like someone coming in uh, who's driven and has their own personal goals. And that kind of made me think, do you? feel because I feel like I, I felt like this when I'm on the other side of the table being interviewed that you're almost apprehensive to um, come across as not necessarily too driven but have all these other ideas that you want to pursue yourself because it might almost feel like a red flag to the interviewer like oh this person like is only here to fill in the space before they go off and and do their own thing or, or would you say obviously for you it's the reverse but what would you say to, to someone who's too apprehensive to explore those in their interview? Within reason. And again, I think this comes down to if you're in that, you know, in the going for the role in the employee position. Um, yeah. Yeah. You need to, you need to, like the, the employer, obviously, like the interviewer, obviously isn't going to want someone that's just going there to make some money before they yeah. hug her off and go do something else. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's about trying to, Bring it back to how it could help them, I suppose. Um, yep. Personally, I'm just a fan of driven people because they, <laughs> to be fair, they tend to have a really good work ethic, and mm-hmm. they also tend to get along with the people that uh, that we've built our company around, right? Um, and that also, if people have those those abilities that or like that drive, they tend to be the ones that want to go for that promotion. They tend to be the one that you know wants to assist the business to have yep. another ten gyms or yep. whatever. Uh, make that next big step and I think it's about bringing it back and being like hey look like you know like have your have your side business like more than happy for you to do that um you know I could even assist you with that but you know this is still sort of what what we're wanting and mm-hmm. and we'd love for you to be part of that journey in a bigger picture potentially down the track and yeah. he would potentially there you can't go committing yourself yeah. to a guaranteed <laughs> yeah. promotion but you know, like just put that sort of in in their minds, and then that gives them an ability to go away and be like, "Oh, cool! Like this business isn't like a big corporate. Like you know, they actually value what I have to say." Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something that tends to get lost a little bit. I'd say in bigger companies, and the the beauty of being, you know, a smaller company, a bit more hands on, um, with sort of the right people in the in the higher higher up positions, is that we've got that ability where like. I don't know, even if, you know, if our receptionist has a great idea, it's still able to get told to us. Yeah. And like, 
they've got that ability to have direct sort of conversations. Less, less hoops to go through. Exactly. And it's like, oh, yeah. cool, that'll work. And then it's like, all of a sudden, you're feeling like a more integrated part, like integral part of the business, right? Like you're mm. more integrated into the business. And, uh, and I, I, I feel like that's actually just what people want a lot of the time is just to feel heard. Yep, hundred percent, man. Feeling valued, and what I thought there is that, um, in terms of the question that I asked you, if you are a driven person and you take that attitude to your interviewer, and they don't want you due to that, you probably don't want to work for them anyway. And for all the reasons exactly nope. like you said just then, because they're gonna hold you back, all that kind of stuff. You want to work for someone who fosters that growth sort of mindset that you bring to the table yeah i mean if they bring you down just in the interview process then imagine what it's going to be like working for them yeah exactly <laughs> it's probably not a great sign yeah um yeah like but again like obviously if you go in there and be like oh yeah i want to start my own company doing the this the exact same thing that you guys do in a year's time they're probably going to take like, all yeah, your nah, IP. That's a good thing, mate you're out like you know <laughs> see you later mate. you have to be smart about it you have to be smart yeah to um i feel like we're almost at the end here but i got one more thing i want to pick your brain on and that's the idea of um obviously being a business owner now it's a little bit different i suppose because you've got a team and stuff but did you often reflect on the idea that as a business owner you're only responsible to yourself and you're not having to report to a manager who is dictating your workload is that something that you contemplated on a lot i wouldn't say contemplated on a lot it definitely crossed my mind and now what i've come to realize after a couple of years is my clients are my boss yeah true, true. <laughs> everyone always has a boss it doesn't matter yeah. what role you are you know like if yeah. you're president you've still got a boss it's the yeah. people like you can yeah. be voted out um yeah like it, it did cross my mind and and don't get me wrong like like I do love my job and I love like everything that I do but like like I said earlier it's very much sort of startup and growth that interests me I'm I'm like like different people have different skills right like, yeah. like from a from a gym point of view um it's actually a great podcast that, that talks about this but I can link it to you later um you know you've got the people that are great at like starting out the gyms or, or the growth side and you've got people that are great owner operators and then you've got the you know you've got mm. you've got a sort of different of phases of business like, yeah exactly yeah. and like yeah because you can't just start it up and forget about it like you got to start it up and then be able to operate it and continue mm -hmm. to grow it and then yeah um so yeah like there's there's parts of it where yeah i, I have a lot more freedom than what i would at, at other jobs but that's where you have to hold yourself accountable and if you're just off like like i said playing golf three days you know three days a week you probably your business isn't going to do too well but mm -hmm. like, I, hey i know guys that have gone out and created um electrical companies for that very reason so that they can take three four day weekends and go fishing like most weeks mm -hmm. you know like and that's cool like that's that's what they want in life like that that is them and and they they thrive they do well they, they you know make plenty of money to live and everything like that so that there's no perfect answer for everybody. Like everybody has their own sort of sight, goal, whatever it may be. Mm, it relates um, back to that goal or intention absolutely. right at the inception of like, the business like you talked about. And it's the question, like, so a big part of the reason that I started when I was 24, right, was I wanted to be 
in a position when I got to 35, so 10 year, it was a 10 year plan, that I was financially stable enough to kind of do whatever it is that I wanted to do, be wherever it is that I wanted to be, um, and not have to worry about income as such, or like, you know, I can, I can think about the next thing, sure, but I, I'm not tied to any one place, I'm not tied to any one thing. And so that, that was my 10 year goal, that was my big goal. Um, I knew that I was going to have the electrical and the PT, but then that was like, okay, well, what's next? Like, how do I get there? Um, and and yeah, like obviously now with the with the inception of Fitness Portal and sort of the direction that's going in, like it's really exciting to see that that could sort of get to the point where it's well, we're we're well underway to being like nationwide in New Zealand, and then it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, Australia, like it's it's starting to get to that kind of point where it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, What's next? Like, what is our new five, ten year goal? But it, again, I always pull it back to that that I wanted to be financially stable by the time I was like thirty five, really have like a family and all that kind of kind of stuff, um, and, and settle down. But yeah, like that's that's sort of what I always pulled it pulled it back to. I was going to say I don't know if you'll ever settle down, but your vision of settling down. Yeah, my version of settle down. Like everyone's yeah. settled, got a different version. Yeah, absolutely. No, that that's spot on, man. And I really appreciate your time again coming on today. I I personally enjoyed it because I'm wanting to to start up a, a a business at some point as well. So that's another uh, for my uh, own personal interest. Personal benefit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So thanks for the uh, mentoring session. Anyway, um, no, <laughs> yeah. no, I, I appreciate your time, man. If, if if people want to. Um, find you and also obviously find the fitness portal like you've got the banner in the background where are the best places for for people to find you in the fitness portal um, we're incredibly active on Instagram uh, so I'd say Instagram so now we've got two accounts so we've got fitness portal Welly and fitness portal Auckland AKL but to be fair if you type fitness portal it'll it'll come up um, and to be fair Instagram for me as well probably which is just Tim's underscore bodybuilding but um yeah, like give them a follow. We've got got a cool opportunity coming up soon where people can be like a bigger part of Fitness Portal as well um, that we'll be launching. I think it's going to come about late September. Um, so, so yeah, that, that opportunity will be there. Um, and obviously we open here in Auckland on October 15th, the day after the IPV Nationals. Damn, that's close, bro. Close. It's close. Wow. Exciting stuff, but... Honestly, this facility is like, it's like Tawa on steroids. Like, it's... Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, like, it's, it's cool. It's real cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to fly back for the opening because you'll, you'll pay for us to come over. <laughs> hey, Kevin, I'll hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I said you'll pay for us to come over. Yeah, yeah right, right. We'll just yeah. Let me run that, run that past the financial. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, no. she'll be right. Sweet. Th- thanks, thanks, man. And yeah, I'd recommend everyone listening or watching to check you guys out as well because you guys do some awesome stuff with your, your community. Cool. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, good.